Hey, business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host for the opening segment today, Jim Cockrum. If you're new around here, let me just introduce a couple things to you. We've got hundreds of podcast episodes that are interviews with the successful students from the Proven Amazon course. There's also a free Facebook group where you can come see 74,000 of us hanging out all day, every day, talking about how to use the internet creatively to launch and grow the multiple income stream businesses of our dreams. And this podcast is a big part of what we offer this community when it comes to answering common questions about selling on Amazon, growing an e-commerce business, having multiple streams of income, et cetera. We start about 95% of all new students in the exact same place because it is the lowest hanging fruit business model that we're aware of in the entire e-commerce universe. Now, you may already have some great momentum. Maybe you've already got a great business. Maybe you've already got some of the things rocking online that are working well for you. We still want you to be a part of this community regardless of what you're doing because, again, we see the internet as a multiple income stream opportunity. But if you want to follow a predictable path that's been proven and time-tested for over 20 years, that's the only income that I've had for my family is my multiple streams of income online. We've got about 60 coaches who follow the systems that we teach and teach them to thousands of students in this community. And we're so honored to have been doing this twice as long as anyone that I know of coaching e-commerce very successfully. I mentioned silentgym.com. That's the only website you're going to need to get access to the Proven Amazon course, our free Facebook group. If you want to book a call with us and talk to us about your business, maybe you have some questions about coaching with us, getting some one-on-one attention from a proven leader on our team who's built a beautiful business. Hey, all those resources are right there. But today's episode, I'm going to bring on two great coaching leaders from our team. They make an appearance about once a week or so around here. I'm talking about, of course, Brian and Robin Joy Olson. They've built a beautiful business using the strategies we teach in the Proven Amazon course. They offered to start helping some other people learn those things as well. They've quickly produced many great success stories in this community, and they've risen to a coaching team leader, which means they've got coaches who work under them. And we coach many, many students. Actually, a little bit of trivia. For over the past 20 years, we've coached nearly 10,000 students in our coaching program. Brian and Robin Joy have been with us, not the whole time, obviously. There's only a couple of us that have been around that long. But they've been with us a good while, and they have some observations today about some of the typical questions they get, some of the common scenarios they see when people are ramping up into the business models that we teach here. And we've been doing coaching very differently for many years. So before I turn them loose for their episode, which I've already heard, I wanted to point out a couple of things that I think prop up the reason why we've lasted 20 years in an industry where most people who claim to be able to teach e-commerce and coaching and those you know strategies for business success. Most people who do that, I've seen them come and go over the past 20 years. Countless people come and go. They haven't survived more than a couple of years. They haven't found a sustainable way to continue to produce high quality success stories and fuel a machine where leaders are being produced constantly. Well, we've done that here. What is it that makes it different? And I think a lot of what we have going on here is the fact that we treat coaching the way Brian and Robin Joy are about to describe it. You see, coaching someone to success in our community isn't a matter of making sure that they get the workbook in the mail and then fill in the blanks and do everything we tell them to do according to one set plan. No, you have unique 
opportunities and connections and experiences. Your financial situation, how much margin you have in your schedule is going to vary from person to person. It's going to be a very unique plan that's required for you to get from where you are now to where you'd like to be in your business. And Robin, Joy, and Brian point that out today. They talk about how different all of their clients are. Some of them go full speed ahead, some of them a little slower. But in all cases, there's one thing that they're going to point out today that they like to emphasize, and I completely agree with doing that. It's not, hey, what are you going to teach me today when you get on your coaching sessions? It's, hey, now that I've learned and established that I understand the principles that you've been teaching me and I've put them into practice and I'm demonstrating competency and results with what we've learned so far, now it's time to see what other doors of opportunity are open to me and discuss those which one gets me to my goals the fastest. So Amazon selling, it looks a lot alike from seller to seller to seller if you're brand new. We love the replens business model. Matter of fact, I love it so much, we do it a lot. Few thousand dollars a day of my business online is the Amazon replens business model, just the way we teach it. Matter of fact, I've posted over the past couple of weeks about 30 examples of items that we're selling in my account in real time, showing the exact keep a graph, what led us to make the decision, how many other sellers there are, where we are priced against those other sellers. People are giving us some great feedback. If you want to get into our Facebook group and see those, you can see those examples in the images that have been posted over the past few weeks as of the time of this podcast episode. We show you all the details so you can get used to looking at a nice Keepa chart and deciding which inventory is worth testing. If you don't know what Keepa is, by the way, go listen to podcast episode 369. It's a great episode that will introduce you to why we love that tool so much. It's 20 bucks a month and it really gives you some insights that no other tools do. Well, I think that's enough of an introduction from me. One little last thing before we turn it over to Brian and Robin Joy. If you haven't circled the dates, May 23rd through 25th of 2024, which is coming at us fast, circle those dates, plan on being in Orlando, Florida. May 23rd through 25th, maybe coming in a few days early, staying a few days few days late even. A lot of people do that. We're going to a nice resort in Orlando right by SeaWorld. We've got ridiculously inexpensive hotel arrangements. If you want to bring the family, have a good time, hang out for three days with your fellow business building warriors who listen to this podcast. Last year, we had about 700 people. We're expecting that or more this year. It's going to be a fantastic event. We'd love to have you there to soak up and learn all the latest strategies, but just be around other people who are doing this business. You can't do business in isolation. You need to surround yourself with fellow business building warriors. We'd love to be a part of your journey. So circle those dates. The website for that event is The Proven Conference. Three words, theprovenconference.com. Hope to see you in Orlando in May. Hey, let's jump over and see what Brian and Robin Joy have for us today. Enjoy this. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. We are your co-hosts. I'm Brian. And I'm Robin Joy. And this is Coach's Corner. Hi, everybody. Let's talk about some of these common questions that we get. Like, yeah, that's kind of how this podcast uh, uh, guest hosting started with yeah. some of the common questions that we have. So what do we got today, Brian? So I, I get this question frequently, and you do too, which is, okay, what's the curriculum? Like, okay, Coach, uh, we met last week and you taught me some things. Now, what are you going to teach me this week? Right. What's As if the... we're going through a curriculum or a syllabus. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. And what do you say to that when they ask you that? Well, what I say to them is, did you do your homework last week? Mm. <laughs> that really, yeah, that's <laughs> going to depend on what is the next step. Right. Right. 
it, it really is usually a situation where you have to accomplish one thing to be ready for the next mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah. so it's, it's custom. So let's just talk a few, a few minutes about the coaching <laughs> program, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This, this whole approach is that it's a custom approach. There isn't yes. a, you know, a white paper that says, or, or a book that says, okay, this is how you do it. Right. Um, there's the pack, the proven Amazon course, and this is an ever evolving oh, yes. knowledge and encyclopedia of knowledge about how to do certain things. But you'll notice that even some things that were published in there two years ago aren't necessarily spot on uh, today like they sure. were two years ago. There's so some aging sometimes. And what happens is we get people at all different levels, right? Yes. So from can't spell computer to computer scientists, data scientists. Yes. From, from business owners to bartenders. Right. From right. Uh, unlimited capital to shoestring budget. <laughs> yes. Yes, we have all kinds. From I have nothing but time to I have, you know, the smallest amount of time imaginable. <laughs> 15 minutes uh-huh. every, you know, twice a day. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes. And so all levels of experience. 17-year-olds and 80-year-olds exactly. and everything in between. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know, lives in the same city that we live in or lives, Across the world. lives internationally. Yes. Right. So, so the answer to what are you going to teach me next coach? Mm-hmm. It really depends on where we're starting out because it, you know, this is custom. It yeah. really, it's a custom approach to what we do. Mm-hmm. And we like to take stock, get a, a check of where right. each person or couple is when we start working with them. Yeah. So one of the first things that we do is get to know who we're working with and where they are, Mm -hmm. because we don't want you to to be where we are. We want to come to where you are and get you to where we are, where you want to be really. Your goals may not be the same as our goals. We want to help you meet your goals. Right. It's not like you test in, like you have to test in and be at a certain level of knowledge or money or anything like that to to get in. So we do truly go and all the coaches do this, not just us. Right. Um, The coaching program goes and meets you where Mm -hmm. you are. Right. Determines, you know, what your level of knowledge experience, capital, time, all these things are. And then we work with you individually um, or as a couple to Mm -hmm. then progress your business forward. So when when I get the question, okay, what are you going to teach me next? Really, the answer is, well, did you do what we talked about last week? Yeah. Or last month? We already accomplished what what we set out to do already. Mm -hmm. And then what's next? Yep. That's a good point. So, and sometimes I'll get, well, I didn't really have have time to do any of that. So Mm -hmm. why don't you just teach me what's next? And I got to admit, in the early days of me being a, a coach in this program, I would tend to do that. Mm-hmm. And what I learned over time, and you probably picked up on this pretty quickly, was that... Well, I learned everything from you, Brian. I got to watch you first and everything. Well, and you were my first coaching client. <laughs> yes, I was. Right? And, but, so it was a little bit different with us. So it was like, okay, I'm, you know, I have to go do this today, and you're going to spend all day sourcing, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you had a goal yes. of finding eight test-worthy ASINs. We didn't call them that at the time, but every day. Every day. Right. Every day we had kind of a different system at the time, but we've developed that over the years. But right. And we knew that if you could achieve that goal by X date, that then you wouldn't have to go back to work. And I didn't go back. And you didn't go back to work. (laughs) I'm very proud of that. So, yeah, this bump for some of that. But it helped that we had, you know, very open and honest Mm -hmm. lines of communication. And so I remember I would come home and you'd be all excited about, these things that you found. And I would, <laughs> you'd say, check out this one. I say, oh no, 
Yeah, that's okay. two pack and you sourced a one pack. Yes. Or da 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 da. Check out this one. So, oh no. No, when when that happens with one of my clients and they uh-huh. come and say, "What about this one?" and I go, "Oh, it's a two pack." Oh, you double that. You sourced a fourteen ounce, but it's a sixteen yeah. ounce listing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that feels. Yeah. Oh no, you sourced the so, beige one, but the listing is for white, <laughs> and there is a difference. There, yes. Oh no, you sourced a twelve pack, and it's only a nine pack. Right. You can't do that, right? You got right. it's got to be exact. Mm-hmm. And so I got to come home and cheer you on and burst your yes. bubble at the same time. Yes. And you and, somehow kept me going. Well, and we and we did this for each other too, we did. because when then I would dig in and start sourcing, then you would, you, we would give it back to and forth to each other to like spot check, be the quality check mm-hmm. of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Make sure that we weren't overlooking some things because it happens to all of us. So yes. you're like, Oh, I, I got this one. I know exactly what it is. You send it in. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you either sell one or before you sell one, you realize, Oh, that was the wrong yes. thing. Yes. Hopefully it's before you sell one yeah. and you can close the listing. It happens. It has happened to us. Mm-hmm. We know how that feels. Mm-hmm. And so then we can help you know that it's okay. We'll get you through that. I like to say there's, I haven't found anything that's not undoable right. in Amazon, except getting a bad customer review. And there are even ways you can try and get that undone, but. Yeah, sometimes you can, but unless you're out and Jim says this all the time, unless you're out to actually break the law and do bad things, mm-hmm. it's hard to really mm-hmm. have a permanent solution, you know, issue that you can't get past. Right. We haven't seen it happen. And Jim talks about he he's maybe seen it happen just a few times. So the point of the the whole question, though, right? Yes. You know, what are, what are we going to cover next? It really is. It, this is like a lab class. It's not a lecture class mm-hmm. where you just show up. You know, twice a week for yeah, we for can just record weeks, that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would just be in a in a course that you that you could buy. Right. This is interactive. It's mm-hmm. participatory, and it's dependent on your progress as to what is next. Right. And one of the great things when you get a coach in this program is that these are people who have already found success mm-hmm. in what they're they're showing you and teaching you and helping you to find. It's not just someone who's learned how to get through a curriculum and mm-hmm. what the next steps are. Right. So that's really encouraging to me. I also, um, you know, I want to bring up at this point, you know, we're talking about the different, you know, from from business owners to buyer bartenders, you know, different people and the different spectrum and everything in between that we see. We were the, we didn't own a business at the time that we started to, we have mm-hmm. owned several businesses. We've talked about that before and none of them as successful as this one, but We also talked about the fact that we built careers before we started this business. Mm -hmm. And we talk about how our own head, we used to talk about this all the time. Our own heads are what's getting in our ways. Sometimes, you know, you have an MBA, I have a master's in, in leadership, business leadership, and we have just been schooled too much, I think, to be able to accept the things that we've had to learn to accept. Sometimes, and I've heard Jim say it before, sometimes the more education or the the fancier the education, the harder it is to just build the simple business. And and it is so simple, right? And it's it's easy and conceptually to understand that. And it's fairly easy to execute. The longest journey in this business, yeah, is between between these two points, right? That's right. And we're putting in our the sides of our heads yeah. for those who are listening. Yes. And, and the hardest challenge to overcome is this being able to find, identify a testworthy ASIN. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've said this before, 
pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. And I love that Jim has been showing the oh my keep gosh. it cards for so many. That's been so great. You know, I think he's put 20 out there, 20 classic examples of uh, ASINs that you may have completely overlooked. And because you're like, oh, look at the buy boxes, I'm only going to make a dollar fifty, or mm-hmm. whatever, or yeah, maybe it maybe it's box. only break even, yeah. Right. But but if you test it, you will find not a hundred percent of the time, maybe not even eighty percent of the time, but a fair percentage of the time that you, if it's on a fast enough moving ASIN, can sell units above the buy box. Absolutely. And we have clients coming and telling us this. People in the Kickstart group are Mm -hmm. telling me this all the time. Mm -hmm. I sold it and there's no way that I ever thought I should be able to sell at that price, but I put it at that price and guess what? It sold. Mm -hmm. It sold. It sold. It does. It happens all the time. We hear the stories all the time. So thank you, Jim, for posting those things. And if you're not involved and keeping an eye on the My Silent Team Facebook group, you should check in once in a while. There's yeah. some super stuff happening yeah. on there. People are showing their success and sharing and encouraging us. That just gets me fired up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. We love it. But one of the places we see people make the biggest mistake mm-hmm. um, trying to build their replens business is that they want to sell more units of fewer ASINs. Right. This is, as I've heard Jim call it before, the inch-wide, mile-deep approach. Yes. (laughs) And it does seem like that would be easier. It would be if that worked. That would be an easier way to do it. And there's Unfortunately, a, we haven't seen it work. There may be a time and a place for that. Yes. But in the beginning, in the early days, before you, while you're still cutting your teeth and understanding Building the foundation, getting the, you know, understanding the rhythm of the beast, mm-hmm. that's not the time to go right. inch wide, mile deep. Mm-hmm. Right. But these are the same people who will say that the game is getting harder. Sure. Right. And we all know that all businesses are hard, right? Yeah. And prices tank, and that's why they want to do wholesale or some other strategy. Sure. It's it's going to be hard. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard to, conceptually, at least. I, I say sometimes that, you know, if there were ASINs that I just could tell if they were profitable or not, laying out there on the street, and we mm-hmm. could all just go pick them up, mm-hmm. then this place would be oversaturated. Then, then it probably probably yeah. would be. Right. So we want it to be a little bit, you know, something that you have to try for a little bit, mm-hmm. or it would be too easy. Right. Well, and well, there's nothing wrong with the other strategies, wholesale, private oh, no, not listings, whatever. No. The reality is that once we understand the rules of mm-hmm. building a replens list, which mm-hmm. includes selling less units of more ASINs, in mm-hmm. other words, inch deep, mile wide. Right. Right. And by the way, we've seen no exceptions to this rule. We, ha- I have never seen an exception to this rule. Okay. Not only will we have a phenomenal replens business, but we'll have a skill set that will propel us into the next layers of yes. whatever it is that we're going to do that we never thought was possible when we first started out and we couldn't identify a testworthy ASIN. True. That's very true. And I, I just want to clear clarify what we're saying when we haven't seen this work. When you're building your foundation, as you know, we talk about when you're building your first 75 or 100 replens ASINs on your replens list, that's your foundation. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. I have not seen anyone be able to go build a hundred deep rather than, you know, a hundred wide, a hundred wide yeah. and be successful yeah. and build that strong foundation. One thing, this is, you becomes a single point of failure. Right. Right. Once your business gets large enough, deep is, is relative. Relative. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So what we don't want to see happen is that you have a, a single point of failure. Mm-hmm. Everything is on that one ASIN and something happens to that ASIN. Whoa, 
That's going to hurt really bad. And the reason I wanted to chat about this is because we get to the the um, feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll see it posted like, oh, this is a lot of work. I really, is it sure. really worth it? I'm only going to sell four units a month of this. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, sure. It's 56% ROI or it's 68% ROI, but I'm only selling four or six units a month of that. Yes. That's the point, right? That's the, That's point. the point. It's not about selling 40 units a month of an ASIN in, in a replens business. Right. You may get to that point on any particular ASIN, but it, you, that takes months to build up to that. I love the ones that are four, six units a month because I can handle those. Walmart has that many on the shelf. I don't have to go looking across the world to get mm-hmm. them. I can keep those rolling nice and easy and I can get 20 or 30 of those. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for my shoppers to do. But remember, we're not in our first 7,500 ASINs. Right. When we, when we were building that and we're working with people who are building that, that's more and more important because if something happens and you only have 10 ASINs, something happens to one of those, yeah. it's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. But if something happens to one that you are, um, it, one that you're not deep in, if three or four, three or four, and you only have 10 or 20, it's not going to hurt as bad. Well, and think about the long-term stability of your business. Where, wh- why do, I'm going to plant that seed out, what, okay. the long-term stability of your business. Mm-hmm. Why do we gravitate towards you know selling more units of a of, of fewer ASINs? Mm-hmm. This is because there's a level of difficulty, perceived level of dif- difficulty. There's the sourcing level of difficulty, mm-hmm. which in the beginning seems very high. And it's it's like it's a difficulty in the beginning. Well, I mean, it is. It is. It's not seem. <laughs> nope, it's not nope. seeming that it. it, yeah. it that's the reality. It is. Sorry, yes, it is the reality. We get that. Yes. And and so the the difficulty of shopping, prepping, and shipping. Fewer items or fewer different types of items, you know, that, or I should say this, the difficulty <laughs> of prepping, shipping, shopping, all that of more items also seems a level of difficulty, but so it seems easier to bring that one down. I don't have to source as much, which is painful for me. So I'm just going to buy more units of the ASINs that I already have. Right. Well then, what ha- and this is human nature, right? Right. We yeah. look for the path I mean, of least resistance. Exactly. And, exactly. Um, We're looking for efficiencies. And, right? and the reality it's not is, strong thing to do. Exactly. And it, it is easier to prep, you know, uh, one type one ASIN that has 40 units than it is to prep eight, five units of eight different ASINs. Uh-huh. Right. But if you do it. You, if you can power through until you get to that, until you're an expert at finding test-worthy ASINs, yes. okay, then you can train someone else to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you become the quality checker of this list of ASINs that someone else has gone and found because mm-hmm. you trained them how to do that. Then all of a sudden, you're able to do those ones that are a little more difficult, but it's not any more work for you. Yes. And right? then, that's so a portion of the, your business that you will have outsourced. Yes. And then you'll actually... As you, if you want to scale this business, and not everyone needs to get to this level, but if you want to scale your business and outsource your prep and ship, whether that's you know your teenage kids, mm-hmm. people in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, a prep center, an official like prep center service, once you get to that point, they don't care, they, and you they, don't care right. how many units of how many different ASINs are being prepped and shipped. They don't, right? So it's the early stages of of cha- the early challenging, the early stages of challenge, or however, I, right? Whatever it was I meant to say <laughs> on that, right? The early days where it seems challenging, but eventually that works itself out. It does, and it becomes a good thing that mm-hmm. you have a little more complexity mm-hmm. in there. It, all of a sudden, you're happy that there's a little more complexity because your people will do it. They don't. They don't care. Yeah. You don't have to do it anymore. 
and other people won't do it. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that you can capitalize on when you build that up. But you have to have a strong foundation in order for that to work. Mm -hmm. So build that foundation. Do what it takes to get there. I mean, we're talking months. We're not talking years. If you can be consistent, 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 Mm -hmm. then it can be months before, you know, just a few months before you're able to have someone else do that or start helping you do that and outsource that so that you can then add those other other strategies to your business or go on vacation more or whatever your goals are, mm-hmm. right? Or just send your this, kids to college. Just have the business as it is, as a stream of income. Yes, then right? you can start building other streams of income. Not everyone needs to have a $5 million a year business. Right. Right. You can, Not all in one business. Right. You can have a nice replens business that generates you, you know, five or six figures a year of profit and outsource it. And that's just a stream of income. And then you can go make another one. Yes. Right. Yes. So I think this community is all about streams of income. Absolutely. Right? I just like to point out, we Multiple hear streams of income. Yeah. I think that we see a lot of, and maybe there's a vision, maybe it's just in my own head that, you know, Hey, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to build this, you know, seven, eight, nine figure Amazon business. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, and this is actually a goal of ours too, right. To build this business, sell out, mm-hmm. take the payday and go do something else. Maybe right. it's starting another business. Maybe it, right. I mean, an Amazon so may, business. We may do that. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we are building other streams of income right. because we don't want to have um, a single point of failure. Mm-hmm. However, we built our foundation already. Mm-hmm. Now we're building foundations on other, other businesses so that that foundation is there. It's strong. We had to focus on that, do that, uh, Jim calls it intense focused effort mm-hmm. in order to get there where we could do it. And we, it was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of really hard work and long hours to get that built. But we're reaping the rewards now. You're right. And I'm glad are, we did it. There are still some days it's hard work. <laughs> we got some news over the last couple of weeks that, that you know, we yes, had a similar situation last Q4 where we had to pivot because one mm-hmm. part of our private... One of our suppliers... One of our suppliers is just supply chain challenges all yeah. over again. Like oh. like it was like right in the uh, heat of the pandemic and it's yes. not, but... But they're responding like it is so right. we have to pivot so, so yeah, there's there are always pivots going on sure. and this just yeah, you know the lesson for us was that we're not diverse enough in our own business right, right? <laughs> otherwise you know that, it wouldn't hurt so it bad. wouldn't hurt so bad yes, yes. most uh, most everything that we talk about ask us how we know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right Speaking but that's of, okay we're not perfect and and i don't think anybody expect expects us to be perfect but no 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 we have seen a few things though mm-hmm. <laughs> yes speaking of Mm-hmm. Okay, so I saw this quote. I apologize. I cannot remember where I saw it. I wrote it down, but did not <laughs> attribute. I, did, I wrote it down after the fact because it impacted me when I read it. But it's this. This country is built on second acts. Mm-hmm. And very quickly, just to give some substance to that, like without getting into a lot of detail, we love the comeback stories as, mm-hmm. as an American people. Yes. As a world, as a people. I, I think, yeah, as a people I think in as general. A people, we yeah. love the comeback stories, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a, especially prolific in the sports, but it also applies in business. Yes. A- a- Apple is a great comeback oh, yeah. story, right, from a yeah, business perspective. Sure. We've got 
like Muhammad Ali and oh. and uh, Holyfield and mm-hmm. um, those guys in the boxing ring and and Tiger Woods and mm-hmm. you know people love a good comeback story. The ones you just fall flat on your face, you're completely decimated. There's nothing mm-hmm. good that's happening, mm-hmm. and you have to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, go and, do it, and go do it again for not for us in this business. It's not necessarily about, you know, getting totally decimated, like I'm talking about, but a right. second act can be like just a second part of our career, yes. second part of our life or whatever. And I think that we've had a few, a few acts We this might be, you might consider the way, depending on how you look at it, our seventh or eighth yeah. act. <laughs> because we've we've had a few businesses and mm-hmm. different kinds of businesses. Mm-hmm. This is the one that's really working for us though, and, and helping us to be able to then expand our streams of income as well. And the point of this for me was that you don't have to have failed, but your second act can be starting an additional stream of income. Mm-hmm. And this business certainly is that opportunity. Yes. Right? It certainly is for us. Yes. Right. That we can now we've there's a lesson that we've learned is we can always start over. Yes. We can always start something new as well. You don't have to fail to start something new. That's right. That's right. We've learned a lot. We've learned how to pivot. We've learned, you know, over life a lot of things and we're starting to just appreciate what we've learned and and be able to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. That's our goal is to to share the things that we've found that have shown us success with mm-hmm. other people. Yep. And that starts with this and and the individual people that we work with in the coaching program. Love talking about that because it is custom and it's not just like this workbook that you you paid money for and and a coach guides you through that workbook. No, this is a very custom approach. Mm -hmm. And we like to point out some of the common uh, places that people struggle we talked talked about many of those in the past, and the one we talked about tonight was the right go yes. too deep too soon. Right, and one of the reasons we like to talk about that and share those those things with you is because when you're the person being coached, we know because we've been in the in that place. You don't really know how it's working for everyone else, and that other ever everyone else has those same struggles because you don't see other mm-hmm. people like we see we see lots of people and there are some commonalities that we're we want to share with you so you know you're not alone this is normal for people to feel like it's really really hard in the beginning mm-hmm. it's supposed to be that's yep. normal right that's not unusual so embrace that get through it and it'll get better we've seen it happen over and over and over yes persevere 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 when you yeah. have the failure is not an option approach. Yes. Right. You definitely had that failure is not an option approach when you started the first FBA business. Well, it was interesting. And we were chatting a little bit about this before that, you know, when we, we I set up, we agreed to set up our life in such a way that was going to make sure there were no excuses why this business didn't work. Yes. Right. And it was a failure is not an option approach very much for me until uh, before you got involved. Yes. But and I we, remember you would go to work all day and you would come home and you'd go lock yourself in the office for three hours. Uh, and then <laughs> you'd come out and I would say, I don't know what you're looking for, but did you find anything? You'd say, no. No. I didn't, no. <laughs> and you just kept doing it and doing it. And then suddenly you started. Well, no. And then it. suddenly what happened was uh, perspective change happened mm-hmm. in life, right? Yes. You, you, you had a stroke. Yes. It changed, turned our world upside down. That was, that was a big deal. That that was a big 
scary moment in in our it, lives. It could have been an opportunity for me to fold up shop. Yes. And I was quite impressed that you were able to persevere in spite of all that, because I know this, that impacted your life. Well, the thing that came out of it was if there was the one thing that became abundantly clear throughout that situation was that failure was absolutely not an option because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be reliant on, you know, the, the systems, the things that we had in our, mm -hmm. you know, day jobs, the insurance and all that right. kind of stuff. Somebody no. had to tell us what kind of healthcare they we have to get approve they things. Would, they have to yeah. All these things like, no, I just want to pay cash. Yeah. Right. We want to have the, the choices to be able to say, this is, this is what needs to happen. Right. So for me, that, living through that the experience. And, and there was, I was a certain level of guilt that, and I don't know if I ever shared that with you <laughs> of me continuing to do that in spite uh, of what happened. But like I say, it was the, if anything, I'm so glad that you were able to find that in yourself, because I know you were devastated. It, it was, <laughs> I would, I would wake up at night and he'd be looking at it, me to make sure I was breathing. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a time really in our mm -hmm. lives, but yeah. I'm quite impressed that you were able to, keep moving forward. And I never, ever felt that you weren't there for me during that time. Well, it's interesting. I feel like sometimes I feel like a gesture needs to be made to demonstrate how impactful yes. that situation is. And that's why it could be easy to, the gesture could be, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to shut down the business. I'm going to focus on, you know, my job and making sure we get better insurance and I get a better paying job and all this stuff. Uh -huh. In this case, the gesture was drawing a line in the sand and saying, never again, never is that going again. to be a thing? Right. And the business is going to help me ensure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. I tell you, if you guys don't know how much or why I love oh. this man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. yeah. So sappy, 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 but yeah. we do love each other. We do. Okay. And, um, so we were talking about the pivot. Yes. So when your supplier runs into supply chain problems, yes. You know what solves that problem? More ASINs. More ASINs. So we got to get busy. We got to get some more ASINs. We got to go get some more ASINs. We'll talk to you all soon. Like you do. Take care. Take care. Bye -bye. Talk to you later. Hey, before I let you go, I've got a guest today, like we've been doing once a week or so around here. Mr. Jeff Schick is joining us again. He's got a great topic for us. What's on your mind today, Jeff? Well, I want to talk about storage space today. So a lot of sellers have been reporting that their storage limits got cut by Amazon for FBA. And I just, you know, wanted to talk about, you know, ways we can mitigate the the challenge that that poses, some alternative options. And then of course, for sellers that need more storage space, how you can go about getting some more storage space as well. So, yeah, okay. So, so for the FBA sellers who rely on Amazon to store our inventory in many yes. cases, now this hasn't happened to me. It's happened to a couple of coaches on our team and a few people have reported it. I think one of our coaches lost almost half their storage space where Amazon said, Hey, you've only got half as much space as you had yesterday. Sorry. <laughs> so, so what's the cause of this? And more importantly, what do we do about it? Absolutely. So I think, you know, number one, what's causing it is staffing issues. Amazon is over, in a sense, they're understaffed and overpromised for the holiday season. And so they're in, you know, I guess like fireman mode right now, trying to put out this massive dumpster fire of not having enough people to work in their warehouses. So they have tons of products flowing in every single day, tons of orders coming in every single day, and not enough people to and robots to ship the orders out. So, so we've got, you know, a, a massive logistical challenge that Amazon's trying to solve. And what we're seeing now is one way they're doing solving it is they're putting storage limits on because if you have you know you know five thousand square feet of storage devoted to one seller who uses all of it, 
then it means that another seller can't use, you know, get 500 square feet if they've already maxed it. So they're reducing some sellers dramatically. Uh, some sellers are not affected at all. It really just seems to be all across the board. Um, it's a little random almost in its application. Huh? Absolutely. I mean, we've seen some massive sellers lose their storage space, which tells me that perhaps they're trying to equalize the playing field. It might be the case, um, but you know, of course, it's Amazon. Who knows what the rationale is behind this? Sure. Typically, it's numbers driven if you drill down, and it's customer service driven if you really drill down. But it feels kind of random on the playing field for third party sellers right now. Absolutely. But, so, what what are you advising sellers to do? How do you how do you prevent it if that's possible? And what are our options to absorb the blow if it does happen? So preventing it, unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any good option for preventing it. You know, it's numbers driven, like you said. So Amazon is making those those decisions and letting you know after they've made it. So there's really not a great solution there for it. But in terms of how to mitigate the effect on your business, that's where we can really shine. And so sellers that are quick to pivot are the ones that can benefit the most from it. And so let's talk about what that looks like. So Jim, when I was talking to you about this before earlier, a little while ago, you had a great idea. You said FBM. and right. Merchant fulfill, baby. Just yeah. like when COVID struck, those of us who are prepared to use our garage or hire a friend or find some local storage space and, and list product as merchant fulfill right. cleaned up. And I think we're going to see the same thing as a result of this. I think so. So anyone who is eligible to ship merchant fulfilled, now keep in mind some during holiday season, they sometimes don't let newer sellers use merchant fulfilled. Right. Uh, I can't remember what the deadline is this year. We may have already passed it, but if we haven't passed it yet, uh, there is a, you can, if you get a certain number of orders in merchant fulfilled before the deadline, you get the, to merchant fulfilled during Q4. And it's absolutely worth your while. Even if that means going out and buying, you know, I think one year it was 50 units. Go out and buy 50, 50 units of something at the dollar store. Put it for right. sale for 25 cents if you have to. Yes. Obviously, you notice I just said we're losing money on every sale. If you buy it for a dollar and you sell it for 25 cents, there's no profit there. Yeah, but you're qualified now to fulfill your own orders. Correct. Like eBay sellers have to do year-round, right? You've, you've, as orders come in, you're fulfilling it. You could use a prep center. You could use your garage. You can use a single mom across the street, but fulfill right. your own orders. Absolutely. So fulfillment by merchant, that's you know, step one for mitigation if you can do it. Uh, one thing that uh, a lot of sellers forget about, and I'm guilty, I forget about it too, you are allowed to have an FBA offer and an FBM offer on the same listing. Absolutely. Means, yeah, like if you have, let's say you bought 10 pairs of Nike sneakers at the store and you don't have enough storage space for footwear to send in all 10 pairs. Well, maybe you send in three and keep seven. Three FBA off, three going as an FBA offer, you open up a secondary offer for merchant fulfilled for your quantity of seven, you know, by all means, put them there. Here's something, even another tip you can use. You know, you bought 10 sneakers. The day you buy them at the store, you have 10 available. The day UPS picks up those three, you've got seven. Because what if someone comes in and orders 10 pairs for their entire school team between when you bought it at the store and when Amazon picks it up? Sell it FBM, That's ship right. it out, and then you've got three pairs of sneakers for something else. So part of the beauty of FBM, Merchant Fulfill, is you could be standing in store checking out your yeah. inventory. Those 10 pairs of sneakers, you're standing there checking out at a retail wow. store, and you list them Merchant Fulfill, and they sell before you even pay for them at the register. We hear stories like that. You can't do that with FBA, where it takes a week or two. In Q4, it could take three or four weeks sometimes for it to get listed and available in the right. system. So you're making sales a lot faster too. So it's very healthy to integrate Merchant Fulfill. And, and that is the, a great way to pivot if you find yourself. And, and for those of us who sell in the hazmat category, 
I mean, I don't know of anybody that's got a huge hazmat storage space. We're, we're playing with this little tiny square, you know, I don't remember what it was, a couple hundred square, not even, it's, it's tiny. I remember what it is. Nice cubic feet or whatever. It's like but, fine. you know, it, it's about 500 to $1,000 worth of product at a time. That's all we can sit in there. Yeah. And we sell a ton of this stuff, but we, we have, we're limited. So we do merchant fulfill a lot of it. Right. Now, so that's one option. Option two is just-in-time fulfillment. Now, just-in-time fulfillment is a, uh, believe it or not, a Toyota concept. They're the ones that innovated it. And it's the idea that you send in inventory in smaller numbers and increased frequency. Mm-hmm. So if you have those 10 sneakers and you don't want to use up all 10, you know, maybe you only have a limit of 10 sneakers. Well, we're not going to send, and we've got 10, you know, let's assume we've got 100 pairs of sneakers with 10 different styles, 10 different ASINs, and 10 of each. Well, your options are you could send in all 10 of one ASIN, but now you've got 90 sneakers that are not selling, or you could send in one of each ASIN and then have nine of each to fill, fill. And as those sell, you just keep sending in, you know, every single day, grab another pair of sneakers, ship it into FBA. Obviously it's not your most cost-effective auction, but it's better than having inventory sit on the the shelf and not sell at all. It's also better than not selling a period. So yeah, it's better to, to consistently trickle in inventory than it is to send a big load of it and it sits in Amazon's warehouse. They're going to typically punish you for that over time with, you know, not just with the storage fees, but potentially with lower storage space available to you. Right. Now you were telling me you're hearing from some sellers who are able to buy more space. Talk me through that. So there have been some reports of sellers reaching out to seller support and saying, I need more space and then being redirected to a buy more inventory space page. I do not know if that's available to every seller or if it's only available to certain sellers, but I know that there are some sellers that have successfully bought more. It doesn't come cheap. It's, you know, it's Amazon is because I guess in Amazon's eyes, if you're going to buy more storage space from them, you're taking away storage space from other sellers that they're getting for free. So right. they're going right. to make you pay that premium for it. But for right. for sellers that have the margins and have the volume to support it, it makes a heck of a lot of sense because you know if if you're if you have to pay Amazon an extra dollar, but you can make ten dollars, then obviously we've netted. Now, if you're having to pay Amazon ten dollars to make one dollar, that's not a smart trade. So. Everyone has to evaluate that option in light of their... It's a math decision, yeah. Especially around Q4. You know, if you've got a lot of fast-moving inventory, it may make sense to investigate that option. Well, I think we've given folks some good options to investigate. And if they want to talk about this more with you or any kind of legal issues or challenges with their account, how can they do that? Absolutely. So you can go to my website, you can sign up for our retainer and then schedule an unlimited number of calls with me or my team. Everyone on our team has experience selling on Amazon and we all have legal experience as well. So you have the added bonus. You can bring legal questions, you can bring e-commerce questions and we're happy to help. So uh, jeffschick.com, $89 a month. And that you know covers you for, against all of your account health and other legal challenges that your business faces. And we'll stick a link in the show notes to that as well for the, those who are kind of guessing how to spell Schick right now. S-C-H-I-C-K, right? <laughs> it's all just right, like the razor blade, but exa- I don't Hey, that's royalties. great. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, All right, buddy. Well, we'll do this again real soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank, Thank you. you, my friend. Bye then. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.